And welcome back to the Part-Time Otaku Podcast. My name is Grant. My name is Dave. If this is your first time listening, uh, this season we are covering My Hero Academia, specifically Season 5. Uh, today's episode is uh, Episode 23. Um, we are an anime-only podcast, uh, so we have no insight into future spoilers in the manga or anything like that, so you don't need to worry about any of that good stuff. Um, before we jump right in, uh, we want to give a shout-out to... I'm going to take a swing at this, Dave. I'm guessing it's <laughs> underscore, 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 dash X on Reddit uh, for the eyes of a thumbnail this week. Yeah, I think he pronounces it... <laughs> uh, let us know if we got the pronunciation right, but I'm pretty sure it's... <laughs> but thank you regardless. <laughs> awesome, awesome fan art. Um, we, uh, the gentleman did not want... Or he or she did not want to... Uh, just said the Reddit profile, so we're going with that. So, but it's uh, on, Dash X. Uh, they painted it on glass, which is pretty cool. That's not a digital drawing. They actually painted that on glass. So, oh no, kidding. Yeah, pretty cool uh, thumbnail. And I think uh, they said it was from their favorite like moment of the season when Iswell had the tears when they were interrogating sure. uh, what's his face. So, yeah, so, yeah, solid one this week. Right on. Well, thank you very much for that. So we'll we'll jump right into the synopsis. So. Uh, memories from Shigaraki's past as Tenko Shimura resurface as he confronts Re Destro. Is this the penultimate yes. episode? Is the finale next Shh. week? I believe it is. Um, it might be two left. I can't remember if it's one or two. Because my yeah, my hero is not the typical just twenty four. Like it's done twenty five. Yeah, I think. Eh? But we don't know. We don't know for sure. I know next week is like Tokyo Revengers finale, but I yes. don't know if they said that about my hero. Uh, anyway, it feels like we are racing towards a conclusion. Mm, breakneck uh, speed, for sure. In this arc, yeah. Um, this is one of the first episodes, and this is weird to say, <laughs> but this is, I think, maybe the first episode in the entire, in the history of the podcast that we've actually watched together in a room. Yeah, it, that was fun. It was fun. Unfortunately, I had already seen it. Yeah. But well. to sit down regardless and, and sit it down and sit down with you, it was uh it was a lot it's not like I had, had not seen it. I watched it that morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty uh pretty good episode. I had some fun with this one. I think uh we've talked a lot about, you know, just backstories and flashbacks and mm. like giving a character their due. Um obviously Tomora Shigaraki has been due. Uh, I, I realized this the other day. He's introduced in episode, I think, 10 of season one. Oh, no kidding. So he's an incredibly, like, original character. Big time, yeah. And it's taken uh, the better part of five seasons uh, to get uh, his backstory. And uh, I I think uh, it was worth the wait. I think this is a really good episode, and it was uh, really, really well done. Yeah, it's, you know, it's weird because I, I feel like it happened sooner than I thought it would. Yeah, you know, even though like with the ending of last episode, it kind of, it kind of, it kind of seemed obvious that it was going to fall up into this. But you would think this would be like the finale, right? Like you know, we get all this big reveal moment, and it's it's just because, just the way the season has presented itself, it's kind of been all over the place and this and that. So I wouldn't be surprised if they left us on like the way this episode ended, if they just dropped that as like a finale, and you know, we didn't see anything for like a year or a year and a half. But um, that'd be super irritating. <laughs> but. but I feel like the way the moment reveals itself, that would be a good way to like cap it off. Or even if it was like a two-part season kind of thing, maybe yeah. you know, if they had split it up, it would have been better. But I agree. I would have just been irritated if they didn't give us a conclusion to this particular conflict. Like, you're, sure, you're yeah, right yeah, yeah. that if it was outside. Part, yeah, 
if it was outside all the uh, meta liberation stuff, I think they could have done that. Yeah, but his, you're right. I agree that like the reveal of his origin story is strong enough on its own that that could be a finale, if it wasn't like taking place inside this conflict. Um, so yeah, I guess we should jump into the episode. So yeah, slash cover. It, there is. It's pretty action packed. Um, but then we spend a lot of time on on some different moments. So I, I have a feeling we might breeze through it. But. Uh, the episode starts, it picks immediately off of uh, last week's episode with Twice uh, rescuing Toga. So she's all bloodied up and unconscious, and it's Twice arguing with a bunch of his, uh, himself, mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of his own copies. And it's a good thing they gave us that refresher last week about how his quirk works. Sure. Because they're saying, like, oh, we need to measure her, and then they, they clone her, but they clone, like, the beat-up version of her. Uh, but they do say, like, oh, we should give her a transfusion of her own blood from the copy. Which is super cool. I was like, oh, right. That's pretty interesting. Like, I guess you could theoretically always save someone that way. Though that might be tricky if you can only copy the hurt version of a person. Sure. Uh, all this, yeah, that is true. Um, all I can think of, too, in, in this moment, especially, like, you know, I've, I've rewatched it again since, is, like, what, what if Twice had been a hero? You know, like, he, he could have been working in tandem with, um, is it, uh, I'm blanking on her name, the the older hero she's, she heals? Is it, uh, it's not nurse something, or it's doctor something, doctor heal? It's, or, it's not the nurse that, like, are you talking about the nurse at, uh, at the she'll school? She'll, like, kiss, she'll, yeah, she'll, like, yeah, kiss him kiss, on the head, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, can you imagine, like, if he <laughs> was, like, a... Run their own little shop? Well, that was the thing, like, if he was, like, a good guy, and, you know, he would yeah. probably, potentially, it could have been a route for him to get into, like, a medical field and all that. It was, it was just, like, it was just, like, a what if, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. To my Hero Academia presents, what if? <laughs> that would be for cool. episode one, what if Tomura Shigaraki's parents didn't uh, abuse him? <laughs> yeah, the um, ultimate villains. Yeah, um, so... After this, we get some confirmation of some fun little theories we had last week. Uh, Spinner or Gecko guy is uh, you know trying to support Shigaraki and the rest of the league, uh, but he runs into the politician, and mm. they confirm kind of the guess we had last week, which was his literal quirk is inciting mm. mobs of crowds of people, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Very, uh, very meta. Funny. Very meta. <laughs> very meta. <laughs> very meta of the meta liberation army. Um, they like he engages them, uh, but he gets more or less the crap beat out of him. Like he doesn't really have many moments in this, unless I'm like forgetting something. He kind of, I think they say that like, oh, all you can really do is stick to walls, huh? <laughs> yeah, they kind of throw in some shade at him. But um, that's yeah. the thing. He kind of takes like he doesn't take like a major loss here because no. he kind of he kind of has his moment where you know he screams out and he shows he's a part of the team. We, you know, we eventually get some kind of you know back a little bit of backstory on him. But by the end of the episode, all I can think is like, watch raw deal for Gecko. You know, yeah, like, he kind of took a bit of an L. Unless he gets like an upgrade. Oh, I hope so. That would be that would be so lame if by the end of it he was like just one person didn't get one after yeah. they all been working towards it. So yeah, um, we do see in the distance as he's engaging all these people. We see the explosion at the tower, like sort of a nod to the last episode where uh, Shigaraki collapsed the whole tower. Mm. Then uh, we get into the fight with uh, Redestro. So Tomura confronts Redestro. They start fighting. Doesn't look good for our boy, though. No. 
he's not really our boy other than through this arc it's kind of weird eh? like he's the leading man in the arc let's say that he's the leading man of the arc and i think um he's quickly gaining a lot of sympathy from the audience they're doing a good job of putting us Mm -hmm. kind of on team shigaraki right now um if you had to pick a side you'd probably pick the league of villains right yeah for sure like these metal christian guys are just like a bunch of punks they seem like i don't know it seems so weird they seem like whiny incels to me (laughs) you know like they seem they seem like just like like douchebags of the internet who have no like no real real world experience yeah yeah Yeah, they're just kind of like hiding away and they're they're not getting what they want it's they have to follow the rules you know (laughs) we all met on 4chan and we're really upset no i'm sorry (laughs) Take it easy, 4chan. Don't come after me. Um, <laughs> so, so he explains his quirk. He's like, all right, now that we're fighting, allow me to monologue. Man, this Redestro guy is, might be the king of monologuing. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, but his, he explains his quirk, which we kind of needed, to be fair. And mm-hmm. his quirk is stress. So he's, uh, I Redestro. It's hard not to laugh. Yeah, Redestro <laughs> is uh, more or less the embodiment of everybody trying to enter the real estate market everywhere oh in 2021. Sad <laughs> like, truth. I just get so strong when I think about these rising prices. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah, he literally, his stress uh, makes him stronger. So he stores it up and then it makes him all big and purple. Uh, very weird quirk. Like you but said. Dave, he's been channeling his stress from a very young age. No one yes. can come close to his power. Like yes. this, this smugness and the freaking hubris on this guy is yeah. like it's unre- It's so camp like Bond villain campy. I love it. Well, he is uh, as we'll learn later. He's not the only one with the secret anime uh, tropes and mm. trump card of uh, having a troubled childhood, which uh, is like the ultimate superpower in anime. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> But uh, but anyway, he, he does kind of beat up. He beats on uh, Tomura a little bit. Um, it doesn't look look too bad, but uh, Tomura has this moment where previously he needs all five of his fingers to make contact with mm. an enemy or an object in order for his quirk to work. Say that five times fast. His quirk to work. And <laughs> I honestly didn't, I didn't. I don't remember that detail. Yeah, I think they mention it. Well, or stress. Or, or stress. The fucking guy with the stress Redestro. Board. Redestro mentions that. He's like, oh, I thought only, you know, you had to have all five fingers. Anyway, but was that the detail we had before? Yeah, I think uh, last week or is it this week? I can't remember. I swear it's mentioned. Hmm. So his quirk works uh, with only two fingers uh, on uh, Redestro, who kind of lets him go out of surprise. And then we get, like, our first of many flashback sequences where uh, it's... Um, uh, young boy Shigaraki. He's not Tomura yet. Mm. He's Tenko. Tenko. Um, and he's uh, being approached by One for All, and he's uh, talking about, hey, these hands that belong to your family. You know, he mentions his grandparents, which I don't think we knew. But he says, like, yeah, he, you know, these ones are your grandparents, these ones are your parents, this one's your sister. And it's him who says, you should keep these with you mm. at all times because you want to remember how you feel. Yeah, never let that feeling go. Yeah, pretty dark. I mean... Super, super dark. Pretty, like, villainous. And, like, you could tell Redestro... I don't want to use this word in the wrong tense. Or in the wrong uh, context. Or not Redestro, but One for All is kind of grooming Mm. uh, Shigaraki here to be like, yeah, you know this thing that is really disturbing you? You Mm. should keep a reminder about it at all times and channel that 
those crazy feelings of uh, guilt and shame and remorse and super villain destruction. Shit. Yeah, super villain shit. Um, so yeah, we get a quick we get a quick one about that, and then Shigaraki comes back and he's sort of bleeding and saying it feels like his head is uh, is kind of splitting in two. At this point in the episode, Grant, did you think we were gonna get like the rest of the episode was gonna be fight oriented, or did you think it was gonna be like? Uh, an origin story in the second half because I was like, where the hell is this going? Well, the origin story, you know, obviously, like you know, it goes to that, but that, that completely caught me off guard. I thought it was just going to be Redestro and Shigaraki just like slamming on each other for like the remainder of the episode. I really thought that's what it was because we've been kind of missing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like it's also too like it's weird because Redestro has these moments. Like I, he's like he's a good villain. Like you know, he's mm-hmm. I think he's. Um, his role is needed, like in in this context and all that, in this arc and whatnot. But he does have these very potent lines when he, I think his best moments, honestly, dialogue wise, is when he uh, underestimates the League of Villains, mm-hmm. and he's kind of like, oh, maybe you know, it, it started off with I like, got the wrong info stuff, and then you know when he blasts out, he's like, oh, like you've leveled up, haven't you? <laughs> you know, or he's he's awakening, I think is what he says. Yeah, you know, so it's. It's, but yeah, so after the, like that, I was like, you know, and then, you know, when it goes from the quick little flashback into this, I was hoping they were just going to throw down the entire time. That's what I was hoping for. It's mm-hmm. not what we got. I ended up loving that more, but uh, we're, we're going into this, we're, what was your take on it? Or where were you thinking the direction it was going? I thought it was going to be a full-on slugfest. Yeah. Um, I didn't, but I also knew, and like we've been talking about for the last few episodes, like it's this whole season's been pretty, fla- pretty uh, flashback central. And sure. These are definitely characters that are due, so I wasn't super surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say one thing that surprised me, even though you you had mentioned, I think in like a little teaser that you told told me about because you saw this before I did originally. Mm. They're like, yeah, this is bloody, and mm. he was already getting bloody uh, yeah. here because his hand is all messed up and there's blood all over uh, Tomura's face, and one of his foot is all bloodied up. Um, or one of his feet is all bloodied up. So uh, I was surprised at the level of violence, especially when you compare it to what was it, an episode or two ago when Toga... The Toga stuff, yeah. The beginning of Toga's episode. I remember we said on the podcast that week, like, oh, this is kind of dark. This is kind of <laughs> bloody. You know, the people falling out of the sky, the very quick flash of blood. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's probably as much as they want to do because they don't want to glorify it too much or, or whatever. I thought about it a bit. And I was like, well, there's blood in the one for all All Might fight, or the all for one All Might fight, and like, there's been blood in the past, but this was different. This was very much different. This was a one-sided situation. This wasn't too, you know, this wasn't a hero and a villain clashing, and you know, like, blood is being shown as uh, one side losing over the other. This is like, all out viscera, you know? Like, they're trying to harm one another, whereas... You know, during the one for all and you know uh, all might fight, that was that was a good versus evil. Like, yeah, there was blood, but one side was not trying to go all out. Not, not trying to go for like a kill shot kind of thing. If you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. so it's it's just completely different scenario. Like the rules are completely different. You know. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um. So this is more or less where uh, round two starts. Um, Tomura engages. He, you know. I figured this was going to come up, um, that he's, like, super fast or something like that. Like, he, you know, I think this is where Radio Destro says something about him leveled up or mm-hmm. or having a bit of an awakening. And the, it's, the cause and effect here is pretty obvious, right? Uh, we got that big explainer uh, a few episodes back about all the training he did with Gigantomachia. 
well, not intentional training, but sure. you know, that long, prolonged conflict. It, he was kind of due for a couple of upgrades, and it feels like they did him a favor here. Mm-hmm. Um, overhaul, or I, I have overhaul written in my notes because Redestro turns into like. He puts on his, like, this is my final form moment. Yeah. <laughs> he get, he turns into Frieza form, too, where he just, like, gets bigger and really, really dark and big. And, I, yeah, I was thinking to myself, he almost looks like Overhaul. Then he uses There was his, definitely, like, yeah. especially the BK, because the guy has, you know, pretty sharp-looking nose. But then yeah. when he, he kind of, that shell surrounds him there, looks like oil. But, uh I figured that's maybe why they gave him such a ridiculously prominent nose. I was like, does this, like, maybe make him look more evil at some point and like in this <laughs> moment point, I think. his whole face looks like a bird like the nose like characters have big noses but this is his nose is so prominently ridiculous like it doesn't scale but it works in this in this in this scary final form does does Reed Destro's power as a whole work for you like just like the you know the the getting larger and then like the shell that surrounds him and then like he eventually has like an ultimate attack later like it he has seems... it right now it's in it's the next thing it's called yeah. burden no like the answer it, is no yeah it's it's a little inconsistent i find well <laughs> i like the idea of i store up stress yeah and it makes me stronger sure it's just like but then you just become like a half dinosaur and you're shooting energy balls and that's all like somehow part of your stress storing mechanism Mm. like i'll always applaud the show for the levels of creativity that they consistently have uh, coming up with quirks but like when you turn things into like oh this quirk has this origin but it manifests in like 30 different ways it's like again sometimes it works but in this case it didn't really for me he I was feel saying, like, like Burden, that ultimate yeah. move, was, like, an embodiment of all of his stress. I was like, well... Like, as if no one could survive this, too. And the one the way, like... It's just like, like okay, I, I guess. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. But in the moment, I was like, I, okay, I guess. Let's just keep going. Yeah, it's like, where's this coming from? <laughs> you know? I, I would have... I feel like I would have bought it a little more if it got to a point where he just, like, lost control. He'd have been holding on for the stress for so long... And it backfired on him, and then he turns into this big hulking thing. It looks like a demon dinosaur, or like, what, like what have you. Like I like that. Maybe we'll yeah. get there. But like Could I like be. the Could idea. Yeah. I like the idea that like he's um, really like chill and like sanguine and really in control most of the time. But then when sure. he uses his stress, it just like, flows it affects, out of him. Yeah. yeah, it affects his temperament and his decision making, mm. and like maybe he. Be- he becomes literally stressed and frustrated, but he's very powerful in that form. I don't know. I thought maybe if it affected him some way, because how how does one store stress? That has to have an effect. Anyway, yeah. I don't want to dig too deep on it. Um, I don't know if quirks are meant to be like really like gone over with a fine tooth comb in that fine toothed comb in that regard. But mm. like you said, you asked me, and I was like, well, not really. Yeah. Um, okay, so. He, you know, uses his little ultimate ability on uh, Shigaraki, who survives it and damages him uh, in the process. Um, and then I'm just trying to figure out where the hell we are at this point. Um, he uses his ability. Well, he, yeah, he, like he, you know, he kind of more or less dodges Burden, or he times or or Burden is timed at the same time. Shig, or, sorry, Shigaraki defends himself and times it correctly with Burden. Yeah, and then it oh. kind of kicks into the, you know, his. 
you know, one of his best lines, <laughs> you know, forever is, I just want to destroy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, right before he says that line, Mr. Skeptic calls Redestro to warn them that Gigantomachia has arrived. Oh, yes. That was what I was thinking about. So, yeah, yeah Gigantomachia arrives, and he's tearing up the Liberation Army, so, like, right on time, or kind of about time. Um, and then we go, we kick into, uh, back into flashback here. The um, juice of the episode. The juice, yeah. This is, this is the business, and I don't know if we go over it line by line um well we can kind of get into some of the That's highlights the thing. here I, I, w- I will say i find it repeats itself in, in parts mm-hmm. but i think i think that's a byproduct of them really wanting to hit home just how you know raw the deal he had and yeah. like i said it's all effective but there is points where they're kind of it's not quite beating you over the head but it's it's getting there. Like it's yeah. they re they reiterate. But I think that's the character. It's just there's a lot of men- that's the thing. There's a lot of mental health at play. There's a lot mm-hmm. of like, you know, I think just rejection incarnate. <laughs> you know, it's rejection, it's, uh, uh, yeah. uh, solitude, um, just just child abuse, quite literally at points. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It it answers the really big question that I think a lot of people have, and we will discuss it. Um, but it answers answers the obvious question that I've always had. Uh, once it became clear that Shigaraki was a descendant of the previous mm. one-for-all uh, holder, it was like, well, how the hell does that happen? Yeah. Like, the the biggest hero of the time, how does someone in their family, who, you know, very closely related, like a grandmother, how does that spawn this villain um, who's mm. out there murdering people at such a young age? Uh, and and we find out it's uh, yeah it's child abandonment right so this kind of thing kind of yeah. trickles trickles down uh, like a, we were saying like the superpower of all anime is is uh, parental <laughs> issues but <laughs> it's unfortunate but it's but it's I mean, a recurring theme <laughs> I mean I think it's a recurring theme in anime and it's a recurring theme in entertainment and in art but I mean I think it all comes from a pretty real place right I yeah, mean absolutely uh, none of that is a far cry for me none of that is that big of a stretch I mm-hmm. think. Uh, Tomura's father was abandoned by his mother. We learned that uh, in this flashback. Which I found super surprising. Sup- hey, I gotta say, it works for me, though. Yeah, absolutely. Surprising because it's like, well, yeah, she has, like, the strongest quirk on the planet. Like, she's not here to play mom mm-hmm. or play house. You know what I mean? Like, she probably has like, to do a lot. Yeah, but, like, also, like, you know, you know, owe up to, like, the... Whether it's, you know, not gonna call it a mistake, but, like, maybe live up to the this new challenge in your life and maybe don't abandon, but like make avenues for it to work for everyone. So it's kind of like, you know, shitty on her. And this is also like a good glaring thing. Like I keeps going back to Stain who has like a, a little cameo this episode, which I loved. Stain did make a comeback. If we we're making bets, we would have won. <laughs> but, um, true that, you know, like it's the glorification of the heroes and their powers and their almighty. And yes, they are in the greater scheme. They are doing all this good, but like it shows that they're not even remotely innocent sometimes. Absolutely turned into, turned her into a three dimensional character. Yes. Right. But she's been such an unknown for so long, you know? Yeah. And I got to say, I disagree with you. I'm very pro abandonment. (laughs) 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 Uh, I'm kidding. But, but yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, Definitely, she's not, you know, the, you know, we get this thing, the way we feel about All Might, right? The way, especially mm-hmm. the way the show frames All Might, especially in season one and, and all that, is that he's like this knight in shining armor who does no wrong. Mm. We And the way he talks about his mentor, you more or less feel that she's cut from the same cloth, right? 
sure. and that none of these people have ever ever done anything wrong. Um, and that's not to say that she knew this kind of thing would happen, but like you said, she she bowed out. You know, mm-hmm. she she abandoned her child, and you know, it seems like he was a successful guy. He just did not want to talk about heroes. Mm. Um, and this is kind of where it all stems from, right? Uh, like any kid, uh, Tenko Tomura refer to him as Tenko for the rest of this but sure. Tenko had a fascination with heroes as all kids do um, at you know in this anime but also in real life um, you know had some pretty natural inclinations and that was like a really taboo subject at home and it felt like if that kind of stuff got brought up then abuse followed is that fair mm. to say absolutely and what was tough was that they mentioned they do a good job of mentioning like the family lived with their grandparents because um, I think that's part of the culture. Part of the culture. And yeah. also, uh, you know, they built a big house. The dad built a big house for everybody. Um, and and more over on that, though, when he was kind of abused by his father, no one really helped him. Mm-hmm. So, he re- like you said, he really felt rejected. Um, it was like, you know, you can kind of see the argument of him feeling like everybody was complicit. That's, I think that's the other big villain in this episode. There's rejection and there's abandonment, but I think complacency or complacency is, yeah. you know, the run one of the runner ups because, you know, it's like I understand, like it, I, I say understand, but like it's a very complex and you, you used the word three dimensional earlier, and it's it's perfect because a home is like a three dimensional. Like there's so many emotions and personalities, and all the stuff is kind of clashing together. And the more people you add, the more and more and more. And, like, there's probably some guilt on their end, too. They're like, oh, why would we, you know, stand up to our son or son-in-law, whatever the situation is. Like, he put this roof over our heads and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, the and the mom, even the mom, I think she's probably, like, the biggest, not villain, but, like, she was doing her best. But just, like, the whole the don't cry thing, don't cry, which yeah. was really hit home. And, like, the thing this episode, too, I think, I, I don't want to get too far away from it is... The saddest moment in this whole flashback is when uh, Tenko is crying with his mom, and he's like, you know, why doesn't Dad like heroes and blah blah blah? And he's like, me and my, my friends, like, we played heroes today, you know. And he was clearly talking about other lonely kids who no yep. one wants to play with them, and he chose he chose to play with them, and they called him All Might because you know, like he he was their hero to them. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh, I was like, this is breaking my heart. Like, yep. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Everybody starts out innocent, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to make a big sweeping statement like that, but he was a kid, oh, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, he he really was. You don't know um, any better. All you know is what you know. Can't yeah. be helped. And, uh, yeah, man, the mom and, and the whole family, like you said, just complacent, and uh, they weren't, you know, contributing or the worst offenders like the dad was, but they sure as hell were not helping. Absolutely. <laughs> um. So anyway, you know, that that's where a lot of the, the strife comes from. Eventually, his sister finds a picture of, uh, of the dad as a kid and, uh, and the grandmother, who was the previous holder of uh, One for All. So they connect the dots. They don't realize, obviously, the significance of that particular quirk. Sure. But they do realize that there was a hero in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, their dad quickly finds out. The sister says, oh, it wasn't me. You know, just like a kid thing. Right? He asked for it. That was the other thing, too. Like, I know, I hope I saw some some stuff online about people like, you know, like, she's clearly a kid. People are like, what a bitch. And I'm like, she's a scared little kid. She's living in this house of hell, too. That's what kids do, right? They, exactly. they don't want to be caught. No kid yeah. wants to be... Uh, 
wants to be punished uh, rightly or wrongly so they just point the finger so that's natural um you know it's a shame that the dad's a fucking monster about the whole thing yeah um but yeah so but then you know the dad comes full circle says listen it's true but she left us you know what i mean um this is what heroes do they leave their families so that they can go focus on fighting more important you know doing more important things this is bullshit there's not going to be any of that in this house Mm. cut to the backyard and this is pretty much the climax of the whole episode um i'll go through it really quick and then maybe we can just talk about the whole experience of watching it sure tenko's crying in the backyard um you know at first he's he's throwing a ball for his dog we see the cork activate the ball disintegrates a little bit then the dog is comforting him and the cork activates disintegrates the dog then the sister comes witnesses that he's panicked the the anime did such a good job with this it was such a dark (laughs) scene but the words being stuck in your throat this the words being stuck in your throat the panic in the voice actor's voice all of it worked really well the sister runs away because she's scared he grabs her because he's afraid to be alone Uh, he doesn't know what's happening there she goes Um, then his quirk really gets away from him he disintegrates the ground which gets his grandparents then the mom goes to try and help he goes to get her to hug her to be comforted by his mother she disintegrates um then his dad comes out and you know it's hard to say what his dad was doing you know if he, i don't think his dad was in a rage and trying to beat him i think his dad was trying to stop him that's what i thought as well yeah. his dad was trying to knock him out because i think he might have had the wherewithal to understand what was happening mm. um but to tenko he, you know, he's not going to discern between what his dad's intentions are, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't really matter to him. He's pretty, uh, he's dialed to 11 in this moment. The man who is just beating him is attacking him with a stick. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. So, like, what are you going to do? And then, yeah, this is, you know, transformation complete moment where he yells, uh, he yells, die. And he disintegrates his father. Mm. And, you know, his hair is changing in the whole mo in the whole, throughout the whole scene. The, the expression on his face is changing. Um, and I think he says he feels a, an absurd pleasure coursing through his body when he touches his father's face. Hmm. And then uh, they end the episode and he says, I didn't itch anymore. Brutal. Uh, because, you know, he had this skin thing going on. Uh, that, was the other, that was the other big thing. Like, we'll get back to, you know, kind of unpack all that. But yeah. there's a moment early on. It might be, actually, it might even be the same scene when he was talking about... Uh, uh, you know the the kids he was playing with at school he says like why do i only itch at home yeah you know and he, he's like makes he's a kid making offhand comments like why do, you know and it's like that was like oh there's abuse going on here. <laughs> you know it was yeah. it was just one of those one of those things there but uh yeah no a lot to unpack <laughs> i mean um I, you know it worked for me absolutely <laughs> i think we said tremendous. it at the top of the episode i think the yeah. animation was beautiful uh, that that close-up frame at the end of his crying face. That is scary, yeah. to say the least. Yeah, that uh, that was scary. Like, I think you said to me when we were watching it in person, you're like, oh, that feels like a manga grab. Like, that was Big probably time. a panel in the manga. It was so detailed. I, it, you know, I think the Toga one was also incredibly detailed as well. Um, but the... Like, just, like the use of color and the lines and like the you, like you see every wrinkle on his face and every tear and just like it was it was one of the most send it home moments I've seen in the show in a long time, you know just is like this is the transformation like you know take it in yeah. and it was it was clearly presented to us that way, 
And again, like you said, super effective. The animation was stellar this whole episode. Really well done. I was really shocked at the level of gore they went for. Yes. But... The, the dog the dog caught me off guard. It set a tone, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think the fact that they... Sorry, that my cat is just being a total brat. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, it shocked me because I thought the, his, the way his quirk works, it would be a convenient way to avoid the gore. Mm. Uh, because you just turn people into dust, right? Yeah. But I think they wanted to impress upon you, like, no, like, it's just not quite working yet. He's going to turn them into bloody pieces. Yeah. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was... And that's the thing, too. I thought, you know, we seen it happen the first time. I was like, oh, man, like, you know, the dog is dust. And then, like, it, it kind of cuts back and pants back. And there's just, like, a pool of blood and viscera. And you're like, oh, fuck. You know, like, it was it was just like one thing after another it was it was definitely one of those moments where it's like you couldn't catch your breath you know like it had like momentary lulls but from between like yeah you know because i think the most time we had was from the dog leading to the sister but from the sister forward it was like relentless the, the yeah. entire time i think you knew the minute maybe the dog or the sister when you're like oh god it's gonna be the whole family and we knew but you know with the hands Mm-hmm. obviously we knew what was going to happen but uh man really 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 rough go really really well executed um i think like we started this podcast with attack on titan on titan which is like the mother of all like i don't know honey pots or whatever you want to call it like <laughs> yeah. you know of stories that build up these really really big questions and they have to be really worth it yeah. Um, when you do the reveal, and I think that they the reveal was good, um, and the execution and how they uh, how they did it was really great. This is one of this is one of the things that they couldn't get that they had they, there was they had to get this right. You know, this is this is vestiges earlier the season. This is you know all the stuff around you know the Midoriya's quirk. Like this is the from the most important stuff going forward he is the big bad this had to be like spot on and they they delivered like it's you know it's it's emotional when it needs to be and it's not you know that's the thing it's not like fluid massive you know incredible animation the whole way it takes its time and you know it kind of just you know just it you know crests at the top and it just you know when it kicks off it kicks off it's just very 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 strong episode this is going to probably going to be one of the better episodes when you look back at the whole series i think at least at this point yeah, and all of a sudden I'm interested much more in the conflict to come, right? Not just mm-hmm. between uh, Shigaraki and the Meta Liberation Army, but also just Midoriya, Shigaraki, all those character dynamics, um, Shigaraki and uh, All for One. Yeah. Um, just to see how like where this character ends up, right? Is he savable? Uh, mm-hmm. If not, and we assume he's the main big bad, how does that go? What happens to him? I think I'm kind of invested in him as a character now. Mm-hmm. I'd rather see things work out for him than see him just like be another villain to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like there's a lot of things that have to happen for this character before there's a conclusion. So I've definitely checked out of the uh, Meta Liberation Army at this point after seeing all this. And I was like, oh, this this guy's the real deal. I I don't care about <laughs> what all this the white noise around this. Yeah, the way this show is going right now, I feel like the Meta Liberation Army is acting as a springboard for Shigaraki mm-hmm. and the League of Villains to really come mm-hmm. into their own. Same way Class B was for Class A. Yeah. <laughs> that's That seems to be how we're going. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, all in all, great, great episode. 
yeah uh i think that's probably it for this week Mm -hmm. so thank you guys so much for listening um definitely check out the post show which drops two days after these podcasts if you haven't already uh on the post show we talk about basically everything else that we're watching you know right now we're watching tokyo revengers uh, sunny boy on taxi we do movie reviews um just everything else that's going on so Check that out and uh, support the podcast wherever you like. Follow us on the relevant social media channel. Feel free to like, comment, follow, subscribe. Take the appropriate social media action of your choice. Thank you guys so much for listening. Bye, guys. Cheers.